Welcome back everyone to the Dirt Hut, a guide to Minecraft survival mode. This is the 8th episode of the podcast for a season, where I'll be discussing everything you need to know in the Minecraft survival world to complete all achievements and more. In the last episode, I talked about brewing and I talked about every single potion and potion modification you can get in the game. In that episode, I only covered one achievement, which is taste of your own medicine. Brewing is still good though, in your Minecraft survival playthrough. Anyway, if you haven't listened to it yet, you can check it out right after this episode. And now, let's begin. In this episode, I'll be talking about ocean monuments and how to conquer them, along with some other underwater things that will be discussed afterwards, mainly about conduits and what to do with the underwater loot that you get from ocean monuments. Firstly, what are ocean monuments? Well, quoting from the official Minecraft wiki, ocean monuments, also known as simply monuments, are rare underwater structures found in deep ocean biomes and variants. They are inhabited by guardians and elder guardians. They are the only place where sponges can be found and one of the only places where prismarine can be found, the other being ocean ruins. Now that last sentence with the sponges and prismarine is actually one of the main reasons why you would want to go to an ocean monument. There's also a room there with 8 gold blocks which you might want to get. In the next part, I'll talk about the different mobs that you have to defeat in an ocean monument, along with a strategy that I like to make use of when conquering these monuments. So, I'll see you there. Now, the two mobs you'll be facing in an ocean monument are guardians and elder guardians, who have similar abilities. First, the guardians. These mobs can spawn and respawn in and around ocean monuments, and they attack players, squids, and beginning 1.17, axolotls. How do they attack you, you may ask? Well, they can execute two types of attacks. The first is a laser beam attack, which you can see pointed at you two seconds before the attack. You can dodge the attack by going behind any solid block. However, in the event that you get hit by it, you get dealt with 6 health points or 3 hearts of regular damage and 1 health point or half a heart of magic damage on normal difficulty. And normal difficulty is probably the difficulty you should start your first survival world with to begin with. Anyway, that magic damage means that it can pierce through armor, so even if you have the best armor in the game, you'll still get hit with that 1 point of magic damage if you were a victim of the Guardian's laser beam. If you have no place to hide, you can go really close to the Guardian and it will swim away and try again at a further distance. You can also take advantage of this distance by swimming away from the Guardian if you have no cover, since the laser beam's range only has a 15 block radius. Now, this block also has another attack, which aids in its defense as well. This is similar to the Thorns enchantment where a guardian spikes are pointed out or showing and every hit it takes deals 2 health points or 1 heart of damage on normal difficulty. 
this is why unless you have some way of reducing or even taking no damage at all you should still hit guardians with their spikes not out instead also keep in mind that guardians have more health than you they have 30 health points or 15 hearts of health while you only have 20 points or 10 hearts so be wary when defeated guardians drop 0 to 2 prismarine shards and they have a 40% chance of dropping raw cod, 40% of dropping a prismarine shard, and 20% of dropping neither. These drops of course can be increased using the looting enchantment. Now the other mob that you have to encounter and defeat in an ocean monument is an elder guardian which is considered a boss in the game. Three Elder Guardians spawn per ocean monument, and once killed, they can no longer respawn, similar to piglin brutes and bastions. One spawns in the top room of the ocean monument, with one spawning in each of the two wings of the monument, which, as mentioned, adds up to three. Now, what's challenging about them is their mining fatigue effect. Every player within 50 blocks of an Elder Guardian is given Mining Fatigue 3. This reduces a player's attack speed by 30%, and mining speed is reduced a lot more than that, and it ends up being a pain to mine even just a single block. This effect lasts 5 minutes, and it's given every minute when within the Elder Guardian's range. Also, Potions of Invisibility will not help you avoid this effect. You'll still get it, even if the Elder Guardian can't visibly see you. Its laser and spike attacks are similar to regular Guardians, but the laser attacks of Elder Guardians are more powerful, dealing 8 health points or 4 hearts of normal damage. So be very careful, and dodge their attacks quickly within the 2 second margin before you get hit. Also, the amount of health Elder Guardians have is huge. It has 80 health points or 40 hearts of damage, 4 times the amount of health you have. This is why you should be very cautious when fighting them. However, when you're able to finally defeat your very first Elder Guardian, you'll get the achievement The Deep End. When all three Elder Guardians in a monument are defeated, you can drink a bucket of milk to quickly remove the mining fatigue effect and efficiently mine the blocks in the ocean monument whenever needed. When killed, Elder Guardians drop 0-2 Prismarine Shards and 1 Wet Sponge, and you get a 50% chance of getting raw cod, one third chance of getting a prismarine crystal, a one sixth chance of getting no drop, and a 2.5% chance of getting a random fish following the fishing loot table. All of these rates except for the wet sponge can be increased using the looting enchantment. Anyway, now that I'm done discussing the two mobs in an ocean monument, I'll tell you about my preferred strategy when exploring these monuments. Right now, when you first come across an ocean monument, you'll find different prismarine variants and sea lanterns. There's one center area with two wings extending on the left and right sides. When swimming and exploring ocean monuments, I would recommend bringing four things. First is several extended potions of water breathing to help you survive more underwater without drowning. The second is some potions of night vision to help you see at longer distances. 
The third is a helmet with respiration to help you breathe even longer underwater along with aqua affinity to help you mine easily underwater after you have no more mining fatigue. Lastly, the fourth is a bucket of milk to quickly remove the mining fatigue effect once all Elder Guardians have been killed. If possible, also bring a set of boots with Depth Strider to swim faster. Now, the main entrance to this monument is in the middle of the center area right between the two wings. In this center area, there will be at least six chambers or rooms that randomly generate. These chambers connect to each other and the wings through passageways on the floor, walls, or ceiling. In the very center of the central area is a big box made of dark prismarine with sea lanterns as corners. Once you no longer have mining fatigue, you can break these blocks and discover 8 gold blocks that you can take. The most valuable room in the center area though is the sponge room where, more or less, 30 wet sponges can be found on the ceiling. This may be seen in one or more chambers but it's not guaranteed that you'll be able to find a sponge room in your ocean monument. However, if you do, I'd recommend using a hoe to mine them because it's the fastest way to break them. Again though, do that when you no longer have mining fatigue. Now take note of where these rooms are located and start heading for the Elder Guardians. As mentioned, two Elder Guardians are located in the two wings and one is in the top of the center area. Once you have killed all three, head back to the gold room and sponge room or rooms and mine the gold blocks and wet sponges. Also, grab 42 prismarine blocks or more if you want. Those will come in handy for later for when you use and construct a conduit. Now in the next part, I'll discuss what to do with the sponges and prismarine that you got from the ocean monument with the prismarine being in relation to the construction of conduits underwater. I'll see you there in part 2. Welcome to part 2 of this episode. First, I'm going to talk about sponges and their uses. Sponges can only be found in ocean monuments, however you can also trade with them, trade with wandering traders rather, to get them. And when you get them from ocean monuments, they are wet sponges. For these wet sponges to work, you have to make them dry. This can be done in one of two ways. The first is smelting them in a furnace. When you smelt your first wet sponge, you get the achievement dry spell. The second method is by placing down the block in the nether dimension. By doing so, the water evaporates automatically, which makes sense, seeing that the nether is very hot. Anyway, once your wet sponges have become regular sponges, they can be used to drain water. What a sponge does is absorb all water blocks, may they be flowing water or water source blocks, and it absorbs them in a taxicab geometry of 7 blocks in all directions, prioritizing the water closest to the sponge. A taxicab geometry is a math term which I won't discuss in this episode because it isn't important. Anyway, yeah, sponges can be used when draining oceans which is especially useful when making farms that are made over or underwater and, of course, require draining. Raining. Next, and rather lastly, we have prismarine and conduits. Firstly, let's talk about how to make conduits. A conduit can be made by wrapping a heart of the sea around with 8 nautilus shells in a crafting table. 
Nautilus shells can be obtained through one of three ways. The first is by fishing, and it's classed as a treasure, treasure, rare treasure item. So if you want to get Nautilus shells through fishing, I'd recommend enchanting your fishing rod with luck of the sea to improve your rates. The second way is by killing drowned zombies, which only spawn underwater or whenever a zombie spends a long time underwater. On the Bedrock Edition, drowned zombies have an 8% chance of spawning with a Nautilus shell in their offhand, and when killed, they always drop it. The last way is by trading with a wandering trader, who sometimes shells Nautilus shells, sells Nautilus shells rather, for 5 emeralds each. Now, for Hearts of the Sea, they can only be found in chests on the X marks of treasure maps. And these treasure maps can be found in ocean ruins or shipwrecks. When you find your first shipwreck, you'll get the achievement Ahoy, and when you find your first ocean ruin, you'll get the achievement Atlantis. Anyway, now that you have your map, follow the X and dig down exactly at the center, and you'll find your heart of the sea. And upon doing so, you'll get the achievement Me Gold. Once you have your Nautilus shells, you can finally make your conduit. Now, before we set up our conduit, what do they do? With the maximum level, which is achieved through 42 prismarine blocks, conduits give anyone within a 96 block radius the conduit power effect. This effect does three things. It gives you the two existing potion effects of water breathing and night vision, and it also gives you a variation of the haste effect, which allows you to mine faster when underwater. With the maximum level, there's an added benefit of killing any hostile mob within eight blocks of the conduit dealing these mobs with 4 health points or 2 hearts of damage every 2 seconds if these mobs are underwater or wet with rain. Now, to build the frame of a conduit, you have to make a 5x5x5 block box using prismarine blocks. However, you're not supposed to fill in the whole blocks. Whole box, rather. All you need is to create a cross or plus sign using the prismarine blocks that's 5 blocks long and 5 blocks wide for all sides, totaling 42 blocks with all of those 6 plus signs made into a box. Now the last thing you need to do is put the conduit in the very middle and it will immediately activate. When your first conduit activates you'll get the achievement Mosk Stromen. Keep in mind that the whole thing must be underwater and if you want, you can use sea lanterns or dark prismarine blocks instead of regular prismarine blocks. Now that you're done with your conduit, that's the end of the episode. As mentioned, that's the end of my discussion about ocean monuments and conduits in Minecraft. I had to make this quite short and I had to speak quickly at the end because I'm right now I'm using mobile mobile data to record all of this. And um it's surprisingly Anchor is taking up quite a bit of data. And so I have to speak quickly to um put as little recording as possible. And anyway, sorry for that. No emails or voice messages, so I suppose that's quite unfortunate. Again, sorry if it's quite short, which is comparable or even lesser or shorter than episode 1, I'm not really sure. Right now in school, actually, we've begun our project weeks, which will end on Friday next week. Originally, I was going to make one long episode about going underwater, but since I'm really busy right now, I had to think of a compromise. So I decided to split it instead into two parts. Now the next part which comes out next week will be about other underwater structures, underwater life, and underwater exploration. So I hope that you all be good with that. 
It will also include a discussion about underwater caves. Yes, I did not forget, and I had to put it right there somewhere. Um, anyway, if you like this podcast, be sure to share it with your friends and family members, and stay tuned for the episodes to come. If you search the Dirt Hot on Anchor's website, you can send me a voice message for feedback, or you could also send feedback to this podcast email address, and that is thedirthotpodcast at gmail.com. I repeat, thedirthotpodcast at gmail.com. It's all in the description, as per usual. Thank you all so much for listening to this 8th episode of my podcast. Part 2, episode 9, is coming next week. And I hope to see you all again in the next episodes. Goodbye!